0: We have been for several weeks now going through 1st John, um, going through 1st John, looking at the series of, Am I really a Christian? So that's a question that we have been trying to interrogate, and it's an important question. It's a vital question that we must ask ourselves each and every time and we ask that question looking at how the bible describes one who is a true follower of Christ one who is a true christian yes last week we looked at first john chapter 4 verse 1 to 6 and under the title of a call to discernment a call to discernment and we stopped abruptly in the middle of the sermon to continue again this week, um, and uh, so you know we we make plans, and the plan was for this series to take about to take twelve weeks, but uh, as James says, that we don't know tomorrow, and. Uh, as as it turns out, it's going to be thirteen weeks. So we continue once again looking at First John chapter one, verse uh, chapter four, verse one to six. Chapter four, verse one to six. First John chapter four, verse one to six. But this morning our focus will be um, on verse four, um, because we looked at verse three, uh, verse one up until verse three and verse five and verse six last week. Let us read from God's Word, 1 John chapter uh, 4, verse 1 to 6, a call to discernment. I read from the ESV, this is God's Word. Let us hear Him. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. Let us pray our dear heavenly father we thank you for your word ancient words that are ever true that are changing us daily we thank you for your word that purifies us that sanctifies us and may you, may you continue to do that even this morning as we look at your word in first john may our hearts be opened to your truth May our will be conformed to your will. May we come to truly appreciate and know you. Glorify your name through us. In the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. The issue of spiritual discernment is an important thing. Spiritual discernment is an important quality every Christian Should possess. It is important because error often wears the disguise of truth. Right? Error often disguises itself as truth. False teaching is usually sprinkled with truth to a point that if one is not careful, it is easy to fall for it. I read during the week about an ethical selling technique called the bait-and-switch method. A a retailer lures the customers into his store by advertising a well-known product at a very, very low price. When the buyer asks to to purchase uh, the item, he is told or she is told it is out of stock. The salesperson then goes on to try to sell him or her an inferior line of merchandise, hoping to pocket a bigger profit. And, and the, brand, the brand name in this scenario was used just to get potential customers to step inside. In the same way, a false prophet, a false teacher, uses biblical words to capture interest and gain a hearing. He may talk about Christ or redemption, or the cross and, and the resurrection. But, but these trusted terms amount to nothing more than a bait to lure you in, to get you in. The, the seller uses them to advertise truths that, as far as he's concerned, are out of stock. When, when an interested person responds to this, he is confronted by beliefs that are completely contrary to God's word. John here, where we just read, exhorts his readers not to fall for that. To, to, not to swallow someone's line just because they use terms of the Christian faith. J- John wants us to know not everyone who uses the Christian language is speaking for Christ. Look again at verse 1. He says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. There's a well-known falsehood that says, and I'm sure most of you know it, and have heard it and have been told, and unfortunately have said it. People say, it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you believe in something. Right? You've heard about it, right? It doesn't matter what you believe. It sounds nice. It sounds sincere. But it is total nonsense. It, it is nonsensical. You, you can believe that you can fly, right? You, you can believe that you can fly and leap from the tallest building, flapping your arms for all your worth. Even singing, I believe, I can fly. But believing such falsehood has no effect of keeping you in the air, right? Of course, those who argue for, for that, um, who argue that it doesn't matter what you believe, would say that there's a great difference between signs and spiritual matters, They would say that science is objectively true, it is verifiably true, whereas spiritual matters are objectively true, they are, you know, an inward thing, a personal inward thing. In other words, if it works for you, then it's true. But that assumes that God is merely a projection of people's imaginations rather than that he is, he actually exists and that he is the creator of all that there is. But on the contrary, the, the Bible assumes that God really exists and that he, spokes, he spoke the heavens into existence. Again, the Bible teaches the actual existence of Satan and other fallen angels called demons. John's teaching here, Assumes that behind all truth in the spiritual realm is the spirit of truth and behind the spiritually false teaching is the spirit of error led by satan you can see it in verse um verse 6 of chapter 4 he speaks about the spirit of error and the spirit of truth In other words, behind every false teaching is an influential false spirit of error that is pushing the agenda of Satan. Whether they know it or not, behind every false prophet or false teacher is an evil spirit promoting the errors that they teach. From the day Satan deceived Eve in the garden until the last days when the final Antichrist will deceive the world. It is the spirit of error working in them. Evil spirits have promoted false teaching and lead people away from the living and true God. When John says many false prophets have gone out into the world, we should realize that these were not sinister, evil-looking characters right they didn't have horns or look really ugly they didn't blatantly uh, encourage satan worship or child sacrifice they used christian language and, and, and professed to believe in jesus they they, they cloak themselves in, in in christian language no doubt they had attractive personalities and convincing arguments Jesus called them wolves in sheep's clothing. Do you get that imagery? They are wolves in sheep's clothing. In other words, they don't look dangerous at all. They look innocent. They look, um, you know, they look like Joel Austin. Very presentable, you know, a million dollar smile. but they are are wolves in sheep's clothing. Paul warned that these people disguise themselves as apostles of Christ and servants of righteousness. Even Satan disguises himself as an angel of of, of light, not darkness. Um, The late A.W. Tozer, I don't know if you've read A.W. Tozer, had some wise counsel on how to try the spirit, how to test the spirit. In a book that he writes, uh, the book Man, um, the Dwelling Place of God, let me just summarize because it's a lot of pages. Let me just summarize what he says. He, he gives a seven, seven tests to, to test um, uh, and, and apply to any teaching. This is how you test um, any kind of teaching that you hear. First of all, How does the teaching affect my relationship with God? So you want to ask that. Is is God magnified and glorified through this message or is God diminished? Secondly, how does the the, the teaching affect my attitude towards the Lord Jesus Christ? Does it magnify him and and give him first place? or, Or does it subtly shift my focus onto myself or some experience? One of the most uh, uh, um, influential um, messages from the pulpit these days is messages that are focused on improving yourself. It it is all about yourself. Ten steps on how to do this and that. um, Five steps on how to do this. It's nothing centered on Christ. It is self-help garbage. Thirdly, how does the teaching affect my attitude towards scripture? Did the teaching come from and agree with the word of God? Does it increase my love for the word? Or, or, or does it increase my itching to hear how this man has heard from God in a secret place? Let me say this the more we follow people, have these uh, private premonitions um, about God speaking to them in private and giving them a private revelation, the more we follow them, the less our desire for the word of God. Because it feels like this is outdated and what this man is saying is new. Fourthly, how does the teaching affect my self-life? Does it feed a uh, 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 self or, or does it crucify it? Does it feed pride or, or humility? Right? What the word of God must do, what what preaching from God's word must do, it, it, must, it, it must humble you and it must put you in a position where you stand in awe of Christ. does it make sense. Number five, how does the teaching affect my relationship to other Christians? Does it cause me to withdraw, find fault, and exalt myself in superiority? Or does it lead me to genuine love for all that truly know Christ? How is it affecting my attitude towards other believers? Is it causing me to, to love more, to serve more, to, to seek out and fellowship with the saints. Number six, how does the teaching affect my relationship to the world system? Does it lead me to pursue the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the, the prideful boast of life? Does it lead me to pursue worldly riches, reputation, and and pleasures? Or does it crucify the world to me? Today, and especially in, in the African continent, the face of Christianity is the prosperity gospel. Just think about it. You, 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 you listen to the radio. You listen to a preacher preaching. You'll hardly hear someone preaching straight from the word of God, expositing the text. You, you, you watch television. You'll hear someone telling you about how your house is coming, how your car is coming, how your healing is coming. They, they never point you to Christ. They are always telling you about how God wants you to be rich. But they don't notice that that's the same promise that Satan makes to those who will worship him. There's nothing special about that. In fact, what is said is that prosperity gospel ends up making the rich not think that they need god the rich of the world because you are promising them something that they have that there's something that they have in abundance they 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 don't feel that they need god at all because what you are saying that they will get from god they already have lastly How does the teaching affect my attitude towards sin? Does it cause me to tolerate sin in my life or turn me from it and grow in holiness? You see, any teaching that makes holiness more acceptable and sin more intolerable is genuine. when you grow more in your desire for holiness your pursuit of righteousness your pursuit of sanctification and your intolerance and 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 rejection of sin there's a clear mark that the gospel is transforming your life and and leading you in the right direction as i said last sunday we stopped abruptly In the middle of the sermon, we were looking at spiritual discernment. We saw John's warning about the real possibility of being deceived. Because there are many who disguise themselves as, as teachers of the word. And they open the same Bible. They speak about Christ. They use that word, Christ. But in actual fact, they are false teachers. I like this image. Um, a scalpel is a tool that a doctor uses to uh, perform an operation on, on, on a patient, right? So they are able to open up a patient. I don't know if they've um, upgraded, but I just know that um, a scalpel is one of the tools that they use. A scalpel, in a doctor's hand is different from a scalpel in the murderer's hand. If a thief has a scalpel, and they are robbing you, and they stab you with it, it's not going to have the same effect in the doctor's hand who is trained for years, who opens you up and closes you back. In the, thief, in the hands of a thief, it will kill you. In the hands of a doctor, it will lead to your recovery. Do you see how these false teachers use the same thing that God uses for our sanctification to mislead us from the same God? That is why we must be vigilant. That is why we must always be on our guard. We must know the Word of God, we must be filled with ancient words that are ever true, and they must change us and transform us daily. We cannot afford to be off our God. there are many false teachers that have gone out and they teach these false teaching, these poisonous teaching, and we must be careful not to take them, not to be deceived by them. In light of this, we, we, we saw three things that we must know. We looked at the first two last week, um, the three things on how to tell truth from error. The first one, we must be careful, right? Remember last week, be careful. Not everyone who speaks about Christ is a Christian. Not everyone who, who speaks about Christ, who says Christ, is a Christian. And here we saw how, how, how we saw John warning that there are many who claim to speak for Christ, but but the portrait of Christ that they present is unscriptural right they, they present a christ who is uh, uh, uh as as we looked at last week who is not divine who did not come to declare that he's divine but who came to clear who, who te- to tell us that there's divinity within us a, a christ who is not who has nothing special about him or the joshua mapongas christ right Joshua Maponga, who says that he will never uh, believe that uh, 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 Jesus died for the black man because Jesus is a tool of the Europeans and the Chinese to crucify the black man. Or oh, the Jesus of the white supremacist, the, 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 the blonde hair, uh, blue eye uh, Jesus who exclusively come for an exclusive group of people. These are ideas that John is calling us to reject, right? These are ideas that Jesus, John is calling us to reject. John wants to elevate the true picture of Jesus. Secondly, he tells us to be discerning. We saw it in verse 2 to 3 and verse 5 to verse 6. He calls us to be descending to test what we hear. Because there are so many things that are being broadcasted out there, right? You watch television. Even those who are not uh, Christians, they try to speak about Jesus. Everyone thinks they know something about Jesus. And anything, everything that they know, is unscriptural about Jesus. We saw the difference between those who are in Christ and the Antichrist. John ta- shows us that those who have the Spirit of God are firm and submit to the biblical portrait of Christ. They they believe that Jesus Christ is fully God and fully man, right? They, they, They believe in the mission of Christ, that Christ has come to save sinners. To reconcile us back to God. Christ was not just a moral teacher. He is God. He is God. On the other hand, the Antichrist rejects this portrait of Jesus. Instead, uh, replaces it with uh, with one that is unbiblical. And we saw, I'll repeat this, why denying the divinity of Christ is such a big deal? Let me say it again. First of all, to deny Jesus is to deny the cross. To deny the cross is to deny sin to deny sin is to deny God's judgment at the end of the day it is to reject the gospel you cannot say you believe the gospel if you don't believe that Jesus Christ is the God man he's fully God and fully man this is how we know truth from error We saw the first two, thirdly, and finally, be assured you are beyond these worldly teachers. Be assured you are beyond these worldly teachers. Look at verse four. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world the the third point is very simple if the holy spirit abides in you if you are uh, uh, possessed by the holy spirit so to say you have no need for these false prophets if you are indwelled by the holy spirit you don't you, you you don't need to be following these false teachers No need uh, to to, to follow these so-called spiritual leaders, these spiritual gurus. Don't let the Antichrist shame you by their super spirituality. and, And do not admire them for it. Do not admire them for it. This is what Jesus says about such teachers. Look at Luke chapter 20, verse 46. He says, beware of the scribes, who like to walk around in long robes and, and love greetings in the marketplaces and the best seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at feasts, who devour widows, widows' house, houses for a pretense they make long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. They will receive the greater condemnation. You are beyond such teachers. John says in verse 4, little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. In other words, true Christianity, we must think about this, is seldom bold or or fleshy. But it's a real deal. It's the real deal. This is a real McCoy, not them. You have overcome the world. He who is in you is greater. The only thing that these worldly guys have that you don't have is union with Satan. They are caught up in the power of the evil one. But we have the power of God. And as you think about your spiritual need, remember this. All you have, all you need, you already have because the Holy Spirit abides in you. And is giving you an entire spiritual family to grow with. What a joy, isn't it? That God would save us and not leave us to our own devices, but bring us into a family in which we can grow and fellowship. As you declare the excellencies of Christ, the God man, to, to, to one another. We, 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 we can see this privilege of, of, of hearing the Word of God and letting the Word of God dwell richly in us. And, and we can come to see that we don't really need to go to the world to learn how to be spiritual, right? We have the Word of God. We have the fellowship of the saints. You don't need Eastern meditation to really step up your spiritual game. We spoke about it last week, that Eastern spirituality um, says meditation is emptying your mind, making sure that there's nothing, right? But biblical meditation is filling your mind with the truth of God, the promises of God, right? The attributes of God, who God is, what God has done, what God will do. What God has promised, filling your mind. Emptying your mind is vanity. It is vain. It, it, it flows from the headwaters of the Antichrist. As children of God, we have God. I cannot say it any more than that. We have God. Why would you go to a child of the devil for guidance? True teachers point you toward Christ and his word. False teachers point you away from these to look within. And sometimes not to look within, but to look to them. They, they make themselves the little messiahs, right? Well, you know that if I go to the men of God, but really men of gold, because that's what they came here for. They want your gold and not you. Let me try to digress a bit by, by saying this. It's amazing how this pandemic, this period of the lockdown, has disproved so many people who claim to hear directly from God. So many people who claim to have healing powers. But what's even said is that after this day, this, this this pandemic people are still going to flock to them. People are still going to flock to these people that are poisoning their souls with false teaching, that are leading them straight to hell. It's amazing how the spirit of error has really deceived multitudes of people that they can't see. They can't see even when error is before them. True teachers of the word will not point you to themselves. They will not point within you. They will point you to Christ and Christ alone. They will point you to the word of God that reveals God. Because God has clearly revealed himself in his word alone. He saves us by faith alone. In Christ alone, for the glory of God alone. Outside of that, it's demonic. You must remember teaching Christ doesn't make it Christian. Test what you hear. Be careful and be assured you are beyond these false teachers. Not every spirit is from God. The Antichrist sounds scary, but sometimes, as I said last week, they look pretty. Right? So when you think about Antichrist, don't think about some some red-faced and horned individual. Satan masquerades as an angel of light. Don't let the glamour of worldly spirituality deceive you. We return to that question that we asked last week, who do you say that I am? Christ asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? What is your answer, dear believer? What is your answer, brother and sister? How would your spiritual, favorite spiritual guides answer this question? What would they say about Jesus Christ? Don't believe every spirit. There are lots of false messages about Christ. Test what you hear. Don't let your spirituality be of such a kind that when you see the Lord Jesus Christ on the last day, he would say to you, get behind me, Satan. Our greatest desire our deepest desire, I believe that should be your deepest desire is that when we get to Christ he would say, well done good and faithful servant enter the joy of your master. But how unfortunate that some so deceived themselves and have deceived others and they will come to Christ deceived and thinking that they will be welcomed and they will hear, get behind me. I never knew you. What will you hear? What do you say? When Christ asks you the question, who do you say that I am? How would you answer that question? May you be like one of Jesus' other disciples who, although he once doubted, when he, behold, when he beheld the resurrected Jesus, he declared before him in John chapter 20, verse 28, My Lord and my God. O curious mo, O theos mo, My Lord and my God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word that is clear. Lord, what what a world that we find ourselves in. That there are some who have gone out to intentionally deceive, to intentionally mislead and lead people away from you. May we stand strong and always be on our guard. May we always be vigilant. May we be informed by your word first and foremost. May your word be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. For the sake of your name and your kingdom, we pray this. Amen.